0: I want to talk to you for a little bit tonight on the subject about the church. There's security in our church. There's security being a part of the church. There's security in being part of a church as far as membership, but there's security in part of being the church that God built, and that he put together. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit on the on, from Matthew, the 16th chapter, very familiar past scripture, and I, I'm going to start. If I can see it, my eyes are getting bad. The seventeenth verse. I have to look at the right angle to get it. <laughs> Jesus answered, seven, saying, "Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for, ble- for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter." Very familiar scripture that we've heard time and time again. And on this rock, he said, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. Not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want to talk to you for a few minutes just on the phrase, I will build my church. I'll build my church. Now, I don't know how you are in the age that we live in. Everybody's got their cell phone, and and I, I don't get many phone calls anymore. It's usually somebody texting me. In fact, I don't make a lot of phone calls. You know, it's great to drive down the road and talk to Siri and tell her to, you know, text this or that to someone, we, we use our phone, we text people, we get on Facebook, we, we message them, and, and you look at posts on Facebook, and there's not a day go by that I don't look at a post on Facebook and think, what did they really say? What did they really mean? You know i uh, Sheena uh, get a text from from one of the kids and and she'll say, "I wonder what they're really talking about, not sure what they're talking about." And I'll always respond, "Call them and talk to them." When I really want to know what somebody's saying, uh, texting and things like you you want to talk to them, you want to hear where they put the emphasis on the sentence or the phrase that they're talking about. This is one of those occasions that I wasn't there, you weren't there, and so we don't really know exactly what the Lord was saying. This was in in red letters, so Jesus was saying it when he said, I'll build my church. Now, it sounds great, but he could have put the emphasis on any of those words in that phrase. He could have said, I will build my church. Or he could have said, I will build my church, or I will build my church. Any of those words, he could have put the emphasis in a different place, just like our conversations, and meant something a little different from what we take it at. So we're not exactly sure. So I'm not sure, but I know one thing, that Jesus came to destroy the insecurities that the devil brought to the world. And so we see that here he spoke words of security to his disciples that wasn't sure exactly what was fixing to happen and what was going on. Jesus tried to tell them time and time again. So he spoke words of authority and security to them when he said, I'll build my church. Not knowing where he put the emphasis on that, he could have put it on that word, I. He could have said, I will build my church. We know that to the blind, he said, I am the light of the world. To the thirsty, he said, I am the water of life. To the hungry, he said, I am the bread of life. To those that had lost their way, he said, I am the truth and the life. We see him at the passing of a loved one. He looked at that body and he said, I am the resurrection the life. So we're not sure where he put that emphasis. It could have been I because we know that he's the great I am and he's the provider of all things and he's all powerful and, and he has everything in his hand even when we think he don't. We wonder all the time, I don't know how you are, but every day I have to question God, why is this or why is that? Many times I don't find the answer. Some things I never have found the answer, but a lot of things it's really down the road that I find the answer. You know, why you moved here, why you moved there. I was thinking the other day in in the office, and and Pastor and I was talking, and and I said, you know, with all of us, if if things could have happened just a little bit different and, and, and he went to Lee University, and I went. If we had gone somewhere else instead of coming back home, everything would have been different in our life. Our kids would have probably married other people. We would have had different friends. Our vocations in, in pastoring or in ministry could have went different. We don't know. But God has it all worked out if we put our trust in him. He is God. He is all-knowing. He could have said, I will build my church. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. Or he could have said, I will build my church. We look on one occasion and we see that the leopards come to him and the leopards came to him and said, If you will, you can make me whole. And Jesus said, I will. And he made them whole. We're not sure of all those things. He said in his word that he will not leave us comfortless. He said that if he goes away, he's coming again. And he also said, I'm going to leave a comforter for you. I think that that we don't understand how important the Holy Spirit is in our life, in our everyday life. I don't think we understand what what he sent the Holy Spirit for. When he was here on the earth, he was with the disciples. He could explain all things to him. He could comfort them. He could know everything about them. But when he went away, he sent the Comforter to do all of those things and more when he went away. How important is the Holy Spirit in our life? He's the thing that'll check what we're doing and, and make us wonder something. You know, you, you know, we can call it intuition, we can call it whatever, but every one of us have had it, you know, I just had a feeling I really shouldn't have done that today. I really had a feeling I should have went there. All of us have said, well, I, I, I wish I'd called my mom or wish I'd called my dad on, you know, a little more or whatever. Knowing that we get checked on those things. That's what the Holy Spirit was. He said, if He goes away, He'll send us that comforter. And that comforter is so important. But many times we forget that He's there and we don't stand close enough in tune with Him for Him to be able to talk to us and us talk to Him and be able to follow the lead. We're too busy running our own way yeah, yeah. and trying to get God to fit in our box. Instead of us fitting in his box for our life, I read something the other day. Sheen and I talked about it of something we saw on Facebook. I don't even remember the, the connotation, but, but the person was saying, "All of these things, God I, do, do you know, God do this, do this, do this, do that." Basically, they were saying, and, and then closed it out, you know, uh, God, change your will into making these things happen. And I thought, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. I will build my church on the day of Pentecost. He said, I will, I will, I pledge my word on it. You can hang your hat on it when God says things. All the devils in hell can't keep God from doing what he said he would do. You can hang your hat on it. That's the great thing about God. When we have a relationship with him, he's going to do what he says. He said to his disciples, he said, I'm going away, but I'll come again. So he could have put the emphasis on I. He could have put it on will. Or he could have said, I will build my church. I don't know how you are, but God's still working on me. (laughs) Now, that doesn't give me an excuse to go out there and say, I heard a good Baptist preacher yesterday while I was driving down the road speak on grace, and and, man, he had it. He had it. We're living in a society that people feel like grace is the fact you can live your life any way you want to and still make it to heaven. But that has nothing to do with repentance. Repentance. When you repent of something, you're going to turn away from it. And you're not going to do it anymore. So grace, has, there, grace doesn't fit in that situation. Yet we try to, we try to make it feel like, you, you know, that we can do anything we want, and we still, we give our life to Christ one time, and that's it. But that's not how grace works. Grace is an awesome thing. But it's not a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's not a, a do-whatever-I-want-to card. He, he went on, and, 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 and what I thought was an awesome illustration, he's, somebody asked him, said, but Jesus hung around the sinners? <laughs> he said, yeah, but he didn't partake of what they did. He didn't compromise his stand. So he was saying, Is we, get, we feel like we can just go out to the bars and we can go out to the clubs and we can go out and do this and that and that, but because of grace, we can. That's not how Jesus worked. If it had compromised, Jesus went, went to see the, 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 the heathens, the tax collectors, or the woman at the well for one direct purpose, and that is to save them. It wasn't to go do whatever I want to do and God will forgive me for it. That's mm, I, I for free. That wasn't even where I was going. But that just stuck in my spirit when I heard him talk that. I'll build. I will build my church. I'll build my church. Piece of driftwood. I was a piece of driftwood and, and just going through life. We get serious with our relationship with God and God will take our life and he'll run us through his planing meal, and he'll knock off the rough edges. There may still be some, but he's still working on it and knocking them off and he'll plane it off and put us out into kingdom work doing his job, doing his work. He's building his church. He one day walking down a road and he looked up a tree and he saw Zacchaeus. And he said, Zacchaeus, if you'll come down, I'll go home with you. He started building his church. He went by a fishing enterprise one day with those fellows that were sitting out there. And, and he said, if you'll follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. They left their nets right where they went. and he They went with him. He was building his church. Simon Peter one day... On the day of Pentecost, Jesus gave him what to preach on and we realized that before the day was over 3,000 were saved and they were added to the church. He said, if you gather in my name, he said, I'll be in the midst to bless. He's building his church. He said, I'll build my church. My church. The church belongs to Him. I love those songs that Caleb was singing tonight because it talked about Jesus, talked about him. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in it. You know, it's it's sort of like you you start speaking the name of Jesus and it's just like putting putting your, your Superman cape on. Uh, you You start talking about the Lord, and you can sense power. You just try it some morning you get up you get up an extra thirty or forty five minutes before you have to rush out the door. We get in too big a hurry of a morning trying to stay up so late and we just barely get out the door when if we 'd spend a little time with Him, a little time in prayer, a little time in the word and, and a little time listening to good good music that'll uplift your spirit. Before you walk out that door, you'll be putting your Superman cape on, ready to fight any devils that come at you that day. said, he'd build my church. Belongs to him. Belongs to him. It's his church. He said, I'll build my church. The church today has become almost a social club i 'm talking about the the church, not this church I, I feel like god 's still moving in this church, but there 's a lot of churches that hit the church has become a social club, just an organization a a, a fast food place to get what you want from god god here 's my list today fill it. We'll be on our way. We'll see you next Sunday or next time I don't have fishing or shopping or whatever to do. Build his church. Build his church. We've seen in the church world today that there's been spiritual morticians all through time that thought that they would bury the church and preach its funeral. But I want to tell you, the devil's going to fight you every day, every step of the way. Pastor and I were talking because I've, I've enjoyed his messages on on faith. And and we, we got discussing the other day in the office of, of the fact is that mo- most, let me take that back, I, many people... Many people live their Christian life and they'll get serious with God. I mean, they'll seriously come down to an altar of prayer and get serious with God, maybe start praying and reading their word a little bit, but the first inch that the devil gets their faith is, is going ever which way. Anytime they don't hang with God long enough to get their faith Grounded to the point that when the devil does come, that they can break through those chains in those situations. And so we have, we have grown a, a, a church that is in and out. In and out. You that are here on Wednesday night, y'all, you're pretty solid folk. Y'all here, pretty regular You've learned that that your Christian life is is not a roller coaster. That's what not, that's not how God intended. He didn't intend that, that it would be smooth sailing and just blessed The the the, the fairy god Jesus is just going to throw blessings at us all the time, and, and there's never going to be up and downs. That's not what he was saying. He said, I'll be with you every step of the way. Every problem you go through, whether it's through sickness, whether it's through death, whether it's through uh, uh, rebellious children, whether it's through uh, whatever it is, he said, I'll be with you when you get grounded and founded in him and he gets where he can trust you. I don't mean to be hard tonight. I, I just feel it in my spirit. But our faith is something that's steady. Our faith is steady. Our walk with God it has to be steady. It can't be up and down. It can't be up and down. I'll build my church. When Paul came into a city, and, and you think of Paul, you think of everything that Paul went through in his Christian life. Paul came into a city, he didn't look for the best Hyatt, he didn't look for the, the spa or, 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 or anything like that. He said, where is the nearest jailhouse? Because I know I'm going to end up there. He didn't have a good life. But when you start reading Paul, it sort of makes you happy when you start reading him. We look on the outside, he had a tough, he stood up for his faith, he ended up in prison, he he was left stoned, he left dead, all of these things. But when you hear it, he always had a good spirit of the things of God. God said, Jesus said, I'll build my church. He was beaten. Paul was beaten. Left outside the gate is dead. And what did he say? Paul said, I was cast down but not forsaken. He brushed the dust off, and he climbed back in the ring to fight again. I'll build my church. I'm fixing to to quit. He went on and said, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But he went on and said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I have no doubt. (laughs) There's some parents here that have bound some stuff. There's some parents here, I'm sure, that's prayed for their kids and called out to God to bind the enemy and the angels to protect your children and be there with them. Jesus told Peter on this great opportunity. We don't know where the emphasis was in the statement, I'll build my church, But it's pretty plain. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But he went on a little further. Because what happened is we see that Jesus, just a few days later, hung on the cross. He hung there between thieves. And we see that when he looked up, he said, it is finished. And he gave up his spirit. And you know what happened. He went down into the pits of hell. And I could see Jesus as he went down into the pits of hell and he confronted the devil for what? The keys. The devil looked at Jesus and he saw him and knew exactly who he was and I don't think it was a big conversation. I could see Satan as he threw the keys at Jesus' feet. He picked them up. About that time was the third day they'd rolled the stone away and about that time Jesus stepped out. He said, I was dead, but now I'm alive. (laughs) And I've got the keys. I've got the keys. No longer does the enemy... I don't know if you realize that if you're a part of him (laughs) and you're serving him... And you're living as best you can out of sin and going after God on a regular basis because he has the keys, you have the keys. So you can confront the devil on the stuff he'll throw at you. And you can go to battle with the devil knowing that you have the Holy Spirit that's there to help fight your battles. (laughs) If it wasn't for that, we'd be defeated. We'd all be living that life, in and out, up and down, and whatever. Not to say, uh, Mondays aren't a good time around the office here. Me and Pastor, we have this joke going, we stay away from each other on Mondays. Because if, you, if you're a preacher, you nitpick everything to death. That song wasn't right, and they should have sung that song a little more, and them lights weren't right, and, and did you hear that bad note? Uh, 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 all sorts of stuff. We didn't have enough teachers. We didn't have this, that. So and so wasn't here. Wonder where they were. We just stay away from each other. So just because you're saved and filled with the Spirit and, and living that life doesn't mean you're not going to have bad days. <laughs> but we have a comforter. We have an advocate. We have a person that's there even with Sister Ruth Ann tonight when they're going through a tough time and and Annette's going through what she's going through and those kids are there around, the family are there. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit's there. It doesn't take the pain away, but it's there. There's something about having the comfort or having the power of God in your life that you can go to and feel a peace of the Lord even in the midst of things. Life is going to happen. It's how we handle it in the presence of God that makes the difference in our life. Don't tell pastor I spoke this long. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you tonight. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the privilege to be in your house tonight. God, I pray that somehow you said said in your word that your words would not return void. God, I pray that some seeds have been planted where it needs to be. I pray, God, that you'll touch us. Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll touch our pastor and, and the Langley family and pray, God, that you'll be with Annette and comfort them. And if it's your will, Father, we're still praying for healing, a miracle to take place. God, we love you. We thank you for your presence, and your power. Be with us. Go with us through this week. God, give us favor on the job. Give us favor with our kids, God. Give us favor in your your work. We give you praise in Christ's name. Amen.